Thanks for downloading show 63 of the C-Suite podcast being produced in partnership with Communicate magazine as we're going to be discussing what it takes to create award-winning corporate content with two of the winners of Communicate's 2018 Corporate Content Awards. My name is Russell Goldsmith and I'm delighted to welcome to the show Amaris Cole, Digital Communications and Content Manager at the Church of England and Tim Turner, Content Director at Content Marketing Agency Wardour. Alongside Amaris and Tim we also have Andrew Thomas who is founder of Craven Hill Publishing who are the publishers of Communicate magazine and the organisers of the Corporate Content Awards. We'll also hear from two other award winners later in the show who couldn't be with us uh, for today's recording, but who I caught up with earlier in the week, and that's Nathaniel Moyers, Head of UK Corporate Communications at Arcadis, and Ashish Babu, the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Tartar Consultancy Services in Europe and the UK. Um, Now, I should also say that we're recording this episode at the Church of England's brand new radio studio at their head offices in Westminster. So a huge thanks to the team here for uh, looking after us today. Uh, Now, the Corporate Content Awards took place last month, where this show actually won silver in the uh, best use of audio category for episodes 54, 55 and 56 that were sponsored by Microsoft that we recorded at their Future Decoded event at the end of last year. So it was a great night for Team C-Suite podcast, um, and we were thrilled to uh, get that recognition. But Amerson Tim's teams came away with uh, one better in their respective categories so I guess my first question to both of you is how does it feel to be introduced as gold award winners Amaris? Yeah it's amazing to be um, to get that gold that recognition not just externally but also internally we think it's really important for our 16 and a half thousand churches to get that kind of confidence uh, that their national church is producing award-winning content. Excellent and uh, Tim how about yourself? Yeah I mean obviously as an agency our first objective is always to to uh, to meet the client's objectives, to uh, you know, to please them and to produce work that that they're happy with. But after that, it's always really good to be able to benchmark yourself against your peers. And a gold award is very gratifying, and it's uh, great to be able to celebrate as a team. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, well, we'll we'll come back to talk about each of your winning campaigns uh, in more detail uh, shortly. But Andrew, I wanted to come to you first because um, it could be argued that there are plenty of awards within the marketing community already. What was your thinking behind launching another one um, specifically focused at, at corporate content? Well, first, before I answer that, I'm just going to say a big congratulations to uh, to all three of you, actually, for, for winning at the event. Well done. Um, it's great to uh, to see the work that you put forward and great to see the work from, from all of our entries. I think the interesting thing is that there are no other awards programmes that focus on corporate content. I think if you look at the way that organisations are reaching their audiences, both in terms of reaching their customers, in terms of consumer marketing, but also in the, the corporate space and in the B2B space, uh, advertising is very much on the decline. Increasingly, we're looking at ways that we can avoid being reached by advertisers. Um, uh, and so companies are realising that by telling stories uh, with their own unique library of assets, they can create a relationship, a connection uh, with their different different audiences, with their investors, with uh, their employees, um, with regulators, and of course with their customers too. And that connection is a much stronger message than just sort of passive advertising, I guess. I think the rising way in the way that companies are using this content uh, is also reflected in the roles within organisations. I mean, we had 22 amazing judges at the awards. We're very lucky and very proud to have those. Uh, And to give you an idea of some of those, one, for example, the Director of Global Content Strategy from GSK. Uh, We had from Deloitte, their content editor. From Shazam, their global head of content. Uh, Rugby Football Union, their their head of content, and so on. Um, So the the organisations themselves are creating 
these uh, uh, these positions to be able to uh, tell those stories with their own uh, bank of content assets effectively. And and that's on the client side. Uh, agencies, I think, understand that need to offer counsel and services in that space too. So we had as our judges um, the chief content strategist from H&K Strategies, uh, from Digitas LBI. We had their head of brand and content, uh, head of content from iProspect and so on. And I think that reflects the way that content is becoming increasingly important as a communications tool. And I think ultimately there wasn't really anything that reflected that growth in the communications tools. Uh, So although, yes, there are other awards programs, nothing really was helping organisations benchmark the way that they used content to help them connect their audiences and uh, and what was the quality of the entry that these guys were up against and, and were there any trends that you saw coming through in, in the work that was actually submitted well I think uh, it's obviously hard to talk about trends uh, this was uh, the inaugural event after all but I think there were two things really that took us by surprise first the calibre of submission was fantastic. But then I guess, really, it should be fantastic. I mean, after all, these organisations were entering an awards programme that was celebrating corporate storytelling. Uh, If they couldn't tell their own stories, um, I guess, uh, in a compelling way, then I guess it would be the wrong awards programme from the get-go. But I think really what took us by surprise was the type of organisation, the scale of the brand that entered. Um, uh, We saw BT, Barclays, Cisco, Suez, RBS, you know, FTSE 100 companies uh, or equivalent, right from the get-go. Not just the large companies, we saw small companies too, but it was great to be able to get that level of respect in its first year. I think one brand that really stood out, actually, uh, and I know that you've spoken uh, with them for this podcast, was Tata Consulting Services. And I think here is a firm that has really grown a lot in the past few years. I think uh, brand finance last year added them to the top three uh, in terms of IT consulting firms. uh, And this year noted that they had a one and a half billion dollar increase in their corporate value. Um, We've covered TCS over the years and constantly we see them using content and storytelling at the heart of their corporate communication strategy. They're a great example. I think, you know, they are, if anything, the Red Bull of their sector. Well, yeah, you, me- you mentioned uh, that the, I spoke to them earlier. So we've got we've got some uh, uh, audio coming up a, a bit later from um, Ashish, who I uh, who I spoke to. But you, you gave a, a huge, you know, some really great, um, you know, list of companies and agencies on your judging panel there. One thing I was keen to understand is who do you think owns the space when it actually comes to creating corporate content? The, the, the classic ownership question, we always see that in, in communications disciplines. And I think the interesting thing is that this isn't discipline-based. You know, obviously, public relations and ad agencies and so on both get content, they've used content and, and, and understand it. But I don't think it's just about the way that stories are told. It's also about how they're delivered. So we see uh, video production agencies. We see annual report and investor communications agencies. We see digital agencies. All of these, I think, actually have the right to call themselves owners in this space. I think, actually, it's much more a state of mind. It's about those organisations that, that can do it well, regardless of where they're coming from. OK, well, it's, uh, it's good that um, we've got Amaris and, and Tim here, as it, as it means we're uh, covering off both in-house and uh, agency perspectives. Um, Amaris, let's start with your campaign, uh, which picked up gold in two categories, so best use of digital and best use of celebrity influencer, plus a silver, uh, so you know, not content with two goals, a silver for best, use of, uh, gener- uh, best user-generated content. Um, can you tell us a little bit of background uh, to the whole campaign? 
Yeah, of course. So this campaign was uh, created in line with Renewal and Reform, which is the Church of England's uh, programme to, to bring the church kind of into the 21st century, to be a place where we can all flourish um, today um, across England. So the Joy to the World campaign consisted of a series of videos. We had four different videos fronted by uh, different um, notable clergy. So we had a uh, Gogglebox vicar, Kate Botley, um, and then the Becoming Reverend author, Matt Woodcock. And they shared their moments of joy at Christmas to tell people just how much, um, just how, what a happy place the church can be at Christmas and what a, what a key part um, to many of our Christmases the church is. These videos were watched by se um, 750,000 people and we encouraged our viewers to, um, to then share their own experiences of joy in church at Christmas. We then collated these stories as Twitter moments, as Facebook albums where people shared images and Instagram galleries um, to, to create that user-generated content to, to show that, it, that church is not just for the few, not just for the clergy. Actually, the church is a place for all of us to flourish um, at Christmas and beyond. We also used our 17,500 churches within the campaign to encourage them to, to use the hashtag Joy to the World whenever they talked about their Christmas services, whenever they shared images from those services and those events. So for the first time, the Church of England created a really joint up campaign that, that didn't just come from the top, actually, um, all of our churches were involved in. And the campaign was de developed in just one month and then the campaign ran for the same amount of time. Um, and it was so encouraging. So this was our first joint up campaign and more than... Um, one and a half million people saw this content from us and the best news of all was that uh, parishes shared some anecdotal feedback with us that some of their attendances at Christmas were up by about 25% so that was clearly um, a successful campaign for us. So the, the aims of the campaign were for these people um, on social to see some um, content from the National Church and then to go to our, uh, our church finder tool which is a church near you like Tesco's finder store um, and then connect with the church to actually um, start that relationship with. And that was our first campaign as a digital team um, and we're really pleased that we did manage to reach one and a half million last year but this year we reached six and a half million so we'll definitely be entering the awards next year. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> We'll, we'll uh, share the links to the uh, the videos that you mentioned on our um, social feeds um, on and on the uh, the show notes when we upload them to the website. Um, out of interest, how big was the team working on the project? And, and you talked about like this, you know, real joined up approach just before. Um, I was wondering how you coordinate that with the sixteen and a half thousand you know churches that you mentioned um, across the whole country. Yeah, so our team is only a year old. Um, when this campaign launched, there were three in the team. There are now five. So clearly that's a lot of work uh, for five members of staff. Um, it's just all down to um, the enthusiasm from our churches. So these are mainly volunteers within the churches um, who are who are working on social to just join up with the national campaign. So it's all thanks to our churches that we won these awards. And how, how big a role now does social play within the church? Yeah, it's huge for our communication uh, strategy. Socials are one of the, the key ways that we connect with our internal audience so with our clergy and with those people that attend a church service every Sunday but it's also a key way for us to reach a whole new community of people that we'd never be able to reach in any traditional means. Andrew what stood out for you in the Church of England's campaign but also did it surprise you to get an entry from them and bearing in mind it's corporate content awards? <laughs> did it surprise me to get uh, an entry from the Church of England? I don't think it did really I mean ultimately all religions have been probably great storytellers over the centuries I think you know that's how they've managed to connect with their audiences um, I think what wasn't there to like about this uh, as Amaris said they were using it to connect certainly to, to their customers i.e. churchgoers but also to their internal audiences and other stakeholders too um, and I think 
What wasn't there to like about it? It used digital, it used social, it used influencers, it created that bank of content and delivered it well. It's interesting because if anyone was going to own content being shared online at Christmas, I guess it really obviously should be the church. Um, but of course, it's a time of year when it comes to content marketing where everyone is you know, waiting for the big new retailer ads. Um, so aside from the church or the likes of, you know, you've got John Lewis who are reported to have spent around seven million on their uh, Christmas uh, TV ad campaign. What, what do other brands have to do to get cut through at, the, at that time of year? From our perspective, we don't really write about marketing communications. Uh, I think obviously always there is competition uh, at, at Christmas to reach audiences, uh, to reach your customer audiences. But it's much the same. The challenges exist always to get cut through. You need to be able to engage with your audiences. You need to be able to make that connection, uh, regardless of the audience and regardless of the time of year. Uh, I think that uh, as long as you have the right kind of content and the right kind of delivery platforms, you'll be able to achieve that. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because clearly our, our budgets are nowhere near the size of John Lewis's. That would not be wise stewardship of our of our money. Um, but we did use what we had um, in, a, in a far more sophisticated way this year. So really targeted advertising on Facebook and on Instagram um, and, and that's what, what placed that content in the right place so um, those that are warm to church were the ones that saw it. Okay well one of the uh, the big winners on the night was Arcadis um, and uh, earlier this week as I mentioned I caught up with Nathaniel Moyers their head of UK corporate communications to find out a little bit more about their talent scale campaign but I started by asking him to explain who Arcadis are. So Arcadis are quite hard to pin down as an organisation. Um, we are ostensibly a, a design and consultancy for natural and built assets, but but fundamentally we do um, we work across an enormous amount of uh, major projects and schemes, uh, be it infrastructure, housing, uh, commercial property, and we do everything with by and large, with the exception of building it. So um, from the architectural design right down to working out how much it's going to cost, uh, we're involved at every single step of the way. The Arcadis Talent Scale campaign was really designed to do two things, really. Firstly, uh, we really wanted to excite, just because we're talking about corporate content and B2B marketing. We didn't really want to be curtailed by the fact that it, the content needs to be necessarily dry or, or jargonistic or, or speak to a, a very, very specific technical audience. We wanted to uh, articulate ourselves in a way that was accessible to a really, really wide uh, variety of people. Um, we also wanted to to talk about a, a real burning platform that we're all aware of, and that's um, that's the skills gap or the skills gulf, as we called it for the purposes of our campaign. Now, you know, we we hear often about um, the the lack of people who are able to do the jobs, certainly the um, the um, less a blue collar or or um, manual jobs that we have here in the UK, uh, and from the construction sector, that's that's no different, especially as we are on the countdown to Brexit. So what we did was uh, we wanted to put a number on that. That's to say that we wanted to identify exactly how many people uh, this country, the United Kingdom, is going to need if we are going to build the houses, the, the major transport, energy, uh, infrastructure that the country needs uh, to, in order to safeguard its future prosperity. Um, and obviously off the back of, uh, of everything that happened um, uh, with the Brexit and the EU referendum, we wanted to quantify uh, specifically what the potential consequences would be of a, a hard and a, and a soft Brexit as well. So that's really what we wanted to do from a content point of view. In terms of actually delivering that to market, we decided to position it in a in, a, in quite a, like I say, an accessible way. We didn't want to get hung up in the numbers and hung up in the data and the methodology. We wanted to talk about 
what life will be like with this particular scenario in place. And uh, fortunately for us, it was very well received and people from across all uh, industries and sectors showed an interest, including those in government and, and uh, our clients as well. So at the Communicate Corporate Content Awards, um, well, we scooped, um, we were very proud to have scooped uh, several awards, actually. So it was gold for best use of data and uh, best one-off content campaign. Um, but also we were the we were fortunate to be selected as the Grand Prix winner. So it was um, a really, really great night all round. So when we set out about putting the campaign together, we, we had several objectives, really. Um, the first one was to, to really inform our clients and the wider world of, as to this massively burning issue, this, this critically important that um, at the time, certainly very few people really wanted to put their head above the parapet and talk about, certainly in terms of um, putting a number on it and, and putting their reputations behind it. Um, which was obviously really, really important. But um, what it did for our brand uh, was was massive. Um, Arcadis as an entity has only really existed within the United Kingdom since um, the back end of 2015. So um, we really wanted to make a name for ourselves, uh, as we always do when we when we look at campaigns and, and certainly our content. Um, and that's exactly why um, we, well, that's why we enjoyed and that's why we're very proud of the work that we've done around this particular campaign. There are many ways of measuring the success of a, of a campaign. Um, um, there are communications goals, certainly milestones that you can, you can try and hit. And, and there are wider engagement goals as well. Um, and obviously, we're always looking for ROI, uh, as, you know, as, as most organizations are. But fundamentally, it wasn't really the statistics or, or the web hits or the, or the media coverage, fantastic as they were and record-breaking as they were for us, certainly, that, that was the... Uh, that was the real yardstick of, of the success we enjoyed. It was more about the fact that people within the industry and people outside of the industry really started to talk about it. And um, I remember speaking to friends of mine who have absolutely nothing to do with construction, infrastructure, housing, any of the areas in which, in which we operate. And they'd heard of, about the work that we'd done. And that was really, for me, a personal, on a personal level at least, a, a real success. Andrew, what, what was it about that campaign that justified it winning the Grand Prix on the night? It was fantastic. It really was. They they really did deserve to win the Grand Prix. What was great about what they achieved was the way they owned the conversation. And I think that's what you can do with this content approach. It isn't just about passive messaging. In Arcadis's case, they were great storytellers. Certainly they, you know, they used this narrative approach really well. But they had this bank of content that gone out, they'd done this research, they'd created these assets with the research, they'd created a, a visual uh, language set, um, uh, they'd created um, uh, a whole sort of series of graphics that they were able to, to reach out, and that helped them completely guide that narrative. Um, so much so, actually, that the research findings were quoted in the House of Commons and actually included in the Queen's speech. That's really impressive. Uh, okay, well, listen, we're going to chat to uh, Tim next about his company um, award wins, uh, which we'll do right after this quick break. It's harder than ever to keep track of everything being said in news and social media. It's even more difficult to gain actionable insights that will improve your reputation and results. Karma provides global media intelligence services to help you communicate more effectively. From automated media monitoring to expertly crafted PR measurement reports, Karma delivers what matters. For more information or to schedule a free consultation, please visit karma.com. That's C-A-R-M-A dot com. 
Welcome back to the C-Suite Podcast with me, Russell Goldsmith, and my guests, Andrew Thomas of Craven Hill Publishing, Amaris Cole from the Church of England, and Tim Turner of Wardour, an agency that picked up a gold in the best branded content publication category at the recent uh, Communicate Corporate Content Awards for their work with the British Heart Foundation, which also won silver in best use of print. Although I know, Tim, uh, you also had a few other awards on the night uh, for a couple of uh, your other clients, so a busy night for your team. Um, but it's the, it's the work with British Heart Foundation that I wanted to focus on. Um, before the break, we were talking about a digital campaign for the Church of England, but in this instance, print uh, still was the key for the British Heart Foundation's communication strategy. Yeah, very much so. I mean, there's a few things that play into that. Uh, one is the demographics, to be fair. The um, t- core audience for Heart Matters is over 60, and clearly that's a generation that's probably more comfortable with print than, than online. Um, there's also a question of distribution, that we distribute over 200,000 copies to hospitals, GP surgeries and so on, so that casual readers can see the magazine and pick it up, which is something you can't necessarily do with online. The shareability, obviously, people can can share a magazine very easily. If somebody knows somebody with a heart or circulatory condition, they can give them a copy of the magazine and say, you might enjoy this, you might want to subscribe. So that's always very valuable. And I think magazines are also very good for creating a relationship um, with readers. I mean, I, as a consumer myself, I've got magazines I've subscribed to for 20 or 30 years even. And the magazine becomes a sort of a friend almost. And part of the goal of Heart Matters is to be a friendly expert for for people with heart conditions and their, their families and their, their relatives and so on. So the magazine's there to support them with, uh, you know, with medical advice and also nutrition and uh, exercise advice and so on and inspirational stories. And I think you can do that in a magazine in a way that you can't necessarily do with online content. There's something about that package landing on your doorstep every three months that uh, that creates that relationship. Yeah, that's very true. A- Andrew, why did the, uh, the judges pick this uh, particular campaign out? Well, I'm going to quote from the judges uh, rather than uh, me pontificate. Uh, one judge said, It wasn't just worthy, but it was also compellingly written and dynamically designed. Another judge said, Heart Matters is the gold standard of branded content publications. And a third said it was authentic, original, impartial and people-focused. I think when you have judges coming out with comments like that, you've got a winner in the making. OK, that's fair enough. Um, what I was keen to to understand, Amaris, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I, I was keen to understand how you're both measuring the success and the return on investment of your work. Tim, let, let's come to you first on, on this. Yeah, I mean, obviously the British Heart Foundation is a charity, so they've got to spend every penny wisely and they don't want to be seen to be uh, to be extravagant. So um, measurement is very important to make sure we maximise the uh, the value of the, of the magazine and the programme for the readership and for the charity. So we use regular reader surveys um, after every issue. Um, to find out what they did and didn't like and how much of the magazine they're reading and so on. There's a patient panel, which is uh, quite important. It's about 50 um, BHF heart um, patients who act as a kind of sort of giant focus group and they report back after the issue. But also we pitch feature ideas to them and see how they receive them and that actually helps to shape the content. So the, the content is shaped by the by the potential readers right at the beginning, which I think is really important. And then also we do do some online content for, for the BHF as well and obviously then we can use Google Analytics to find out what kind of content they prefer to consume. Um, Amaris, on your side of things? Yeah, so I mentioned the anecdotal evidence. We had uh, Vickers tweeting that they had 100 more people this year to uh, Midnight Mass or, or the, yeah, that there were 25% more coming across the Christmas period. Um, and awards like this help raise awareness of our work and also gives a real credibility to the team, to the National Church's digital output, um, both internally and externally in the industry too. 
But now we are moving to a more uh, research-based way of measuring our success. So um, after last Christmas and after Easter, we're doing um, surveys at the end of the campaign. So those people that have signed up for uh, our daily reflections through text and email, we'll be surveying them, just asking them what they thought of the campaign, how they heard about it, um, and what what we could do better next year, because that's what we're constantly striving for. Also, obviously, um, analytics and and all the different... um, the measurements on on our ad spend as well is key for us. Uh, we want to use our money wisely, um, and this uh, and just tracking the success of our campaigns is key for us. Okay, uh, time to hear from another of the big winners uh, from Andrew's award night. Um, this time it's Ashish uh, Babu, the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Tata Consultancy Services in Europe and the UK. And again, I asked him to first explain a little bit about his organisation. TCS um, uh, helps organizations around the world to solve some of the greatest challenges through the power of digital technologies. We use technologies such as cloud, AI, IoT, and many more to help transform these companies and also make their business future-proof. So the Digital Impulse campaign we launched um, at the World Economic Forum in 2017, and the theme that year for the World Economic Forum was responsive, responsible leadership. And um, I think it was also the back of it. I think, you know, there was a rise of populism. I think people were, you know, there was the whole demonization of digital technologies, rise of AI, robots. And uh, for us, I think we, want, we thought there was an opportunity to, you know, talk about the, the positives of technology. We as a company, you know, are in the heart of the digital uh, transformation. And uh, we are actually doing, I mean, helping many companies and societies globally. So we thought that was a great opportunity to actually talk about some of the real stories and some of the real um, insights which we could share at the World Economic Forum. So, you know, for us, I think the one important aspect was TCS as a company, you know, we are global and, and there are lots of lots of great stories which are sitting in the corner. So what we did was we actually built a digital uh, storytelling platform and uh, what uh, it was broken in five themes which was planet education equality and inclusion and all these topics are very very hot at the world economic forum so we created this whole campaign but this, the, the most important thing is at the world economic forum as you know there's lots of lots of news lots of new things getting launched it's busy out there so we wanted to make sure you know we have this campaign which actually cut through the noise so a lot of the stories which we spoke about spoke about in a simple way it spoke about how a drone is helping rhinos in the jungle of Assam or helping a forest in in the fin- in finland uh, we spoke about how internet of things were helping our silver citizens in daily life now one thing in this which stood out was we always brought in the technology as an enabler and that's what I think was cutting through, you know, a lot of, and the story, I think there was a lot of emotion which you built in those stories. To me, um, I think um, that um, resonated very well. And that was the campaign all about, was about engaging and, and putting out a clear message of uh, how digital technology is actually, is helping the mankind. At the Corporate Content Awards, uh, we won the gold uh, for the best branded content side and we won five silver awards for corporate positioning and reputation management and and some of the other uh, categories 
So for us, the most important um, outcome for the campaign was to raise awareness of power of digital technologies in addressing the world's greatest challenges. And uh, we also wanted to actually you know, communicate the benefits to the business leaders and policymakers at Davos. We measured you know, the success of a campaign. Um, the, first, the first and foremost was on social because that's where we launched a lot of our content, a lot of our blogs. Twitter, on Twitter, we, we got more than 10 million impressions. I think the most compelling part also was you know, our blogs. I think each of our blogs got five minutes of readership time. That is something for us as goal. That means our content was cutting through the noise and, and there was a genuine interest in the stories which we put out. That also resonated with you know, almost getting um, 70,000 worth of hits just in week on a microsite. So that also, you know, through data, we could actually find out, found out how many, which stories were actually genuinely getting shared and people were actually interested. And I think the fourth part was, you know, we got comments from people from Africa, from uh, UK, from uh, America, from uh, India, and, and actually wrote to us that many of these solutions, you know, uh, would help them in their own countries. So to me, you know, that is a goal uh, where, you know, a lot of people put out content, but engagement is what is the king. And, and that uh, to us was very satisfying. So thanks to uh, Ashish again there for um, allowing me to catch up with him earlier in the week. Um, we've covered off a lot about the uh, the work uh, you're doing both in-house with your team at the Church of England Amaris and your clients, Tim, at, at Wardour. I'm going to ask you to sum up in one sentence what you think the secret to success is in terms of creating award-winning corporate content. Um, but don't worry, you've got a minute to think of your answers. As I asked the same question to both Nathaniel and Ashish when I spoke to them too. So let's hear their responses uh, first, starting with Nathaniel. So if I were to advise uh, anybody really looking to, to create award-winning corporate content, I, I think there are, there are several things. Uh, there are several things you can look at. I think um, a more obvious point would be that it needs to be topical. It needs to be relevant. But, but more importantly, don't be afraid to be bold. I think all too often when we see, um, certainly when I see the, the work that some organizations produce, and, and you know, let's, let's face it, a lot of us produce content because we want it to be read, we want it to be noticed, and we want it to, to move our reputation forward. A lot of the time, there's a bit of reticence in there. So my advice really would be to, to don't worry too much about having a forthright opinion and really, really saying what you think as, a, as an individual or, or as an organization, because fundamentally, they're the opinions that matter, and they're the, uh, they're the opinions that people want to hear. The one piece of advice, I think, to me, are ingredients, authenticity. I think you need to be also very clear of the message you want to give out. It needs to be simple. You need to create an emotional connect. And, and the last is you need to bring in your partners, your employees, and influencers because it's busy out there and you need all the might to get that message and make that impact. So, Tim, uh, let's come to you next. What's your thoughts? So, one sentence one on how sentence. to create uh, award-winning content. Yeah. yeah. So, there's a few things. So, you've got to know your readers. Then you've got to create content that they will value and enjoy. Then you've got to measure it and the impact of it so that you can continually improve it. And last but not least, you've got to have a brilliant team, brilliant writers, brilliant editors, and so on. 
I think you got away with that because you had a lot of commas in one sentence there. Exactly. <laughs> Amorous. I would just use a word. For us, it's just audience. Uh, we've done a load of research into um, our different audience groups, into our personas, and this drives every aspect of content creation for us. It's all insight-led. Um, knowing our audience is absolutely the key to our team's success. Brilliant. Andrew, you got anything to add? Yes, I'm there with uh, Amorous. I was going to say, know your audience, but it's it's know your audience, it's be authentic, and it's find your own unique voice. Brilliant. Okay, and Andrew, uh, here's your chance to plug for 2019's awards. Can't believe we're saying that uh, at such an early stage in the year. Uh, when does the process all start again? Well, we've actually got a conference that we're holding in June, uh, focusing on some of the award-winning work. We've also, at that same time, will be opening for entries for next year. Uh, the event will also take place in February of 2019, but maybe start working on your entries now. I should ask you, is there a website that they need to go to? <laughs> Indeed, that's a good opportunity for a plug. It's thecorporatecontentawards.com. Thanks. Brilliant. OK, uh, well, uh, that's it for another episode. So thanks once again to all three of my guests here in the studio, Amaris Cole, Tim Turner and Andrew Thomas, plus, of course, Nathaniel Moyers and Ashish Babu uh, for recording our online interviews. And thanks also to the team here at Church of England Studios for hosting and recording the show. Uh, don't forget you can listen to all previous shows at csuitepodcast.com where there are supporting show notes and links to all the places you can subscribe on the likes of SoundCloud and iTunes. And of course, if you do subscribe, please do give us a positive rating or review as that helps us climb the business podcast charts um, if you'd like to respond or comment on any of today's discussion or indeed any of our previous episodes then you can do that by liking us on facebook or following us on twitter or instagram and getting involved there all our social media pages are also linked from our website and finally if you want to contact me to get involved in the series in any way then you can do that via the contact form on the site or via twitter using at russ goldsmith but for now thanks for listening and goodbye <laughs>